Section 4 of Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elsie Selwyn. Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 6, by Giorgio Vasari. Translated by Gaston Duce de Vere. Section 4. Lives of Fra Gicondo, Liberale, and Other Craftsmen of Verona, Part 4. In Verona, where an extraordinary degree of attention has been given to design ever since the death of Fra Gicondo, there have flourished at all times men excellent in painting and architecture, as will now be seen in addition to what has been observed hitherto in the lives of Francesco Monsignori of Domenico Morone and his son Francesco of Paolo Cavusola of the architect Falconello, and lastly of the miniaturists Francesco and Girolamo. Francesco Monsignori, the son of Alberto, was born at Verona in the year 1455, and when he was well grown, he was advised by his father, who had always delighted in painting, although he had not practiced it save for his own pleasure, to give his attention to design, having therefore gone to Mantua to seek out Montegna, who was then working in that city, he exerted himself in such a manner, being fired by the fame of his instructor, that no long time passed before Francesco II, Marquis of Mantua, who found an extraordinary delight in painting, took him into his own service, and in the year 1487 he gave him a house for his habitation in Mantua, and assigned him an honorable provision. For these benefits Francesco was not ungrateful, for he always served that lord with supreme fidelity and lovingness, whence the Marquis came to love and favor him more and more every day, insomuch that he could not leave the city without having Francesco in his train, and was once heard to say that Francesco was as dear to him as the state itself. Francesco painted many works for that lord in his palace of St. Sebastiano at Mantua, and also in the Castello di Gonzaga, and in the beautiful palace of Marmiolo, without the city. In the latter, Francesco had finished painting in the year 1499, after a vast number of other pictures, some triumphs, and many portraits of gentlemen of the court, and on Christmas Eve, on which day he had finished those works, the Marquis presented to him an estate of a hundred fields, in the territory of Mantua, at a place called La Morzotta, with a mansion, garden, meadows, and other things of great beauty and convenience. He was most excellent at taking portraits from life, and the Marquis caused him to paint many portraits of himself, of his sons, and of many other lords of the house of Gonzaga, which were sent to France and Germany as presents for the various princes, and many of these portraits are still in Mantua, such as those of the Emperor Frederick Barbarossa, of Doge Barbiogo of Venice, of Francesco Sforza, Duke of Milan, of Massimiliano, also Duke of Milan, who died in France, of the Emperor Maximilian, of Signor Ercole Gonzaga, who afterwards became a cardinal, of his brother Duke Federigo, then a young man, of Signor Giovan Francesco Gonzaga, of Messer Andrea Mantegna, the painter, and of many others, of all which Francesco preserved copies drawn on paper in Chiaroscuro, which are now in the possession of his heirs at Mantua. Above the pulpit of St. Francesco de Zoccolanti, in the same city, is a picture that he painted of St. Louis and St. Bernardino, holding a large circle that contains the name of Jesus, and in the refectory of those friars there is a picture on canvas as large as the whole of the headwall, 
of the Savior in the midst of the twelve apostles, painted in perspective and all very beautiful and executed with many proofs of consideration. Among them is the traitor Judas, with a face wholly different from those of the others, and in a strange attitude, and the others are all gazing intently at Jesus, who is speaking to them, being near his passion. On the right hand of this work is a St. Francis of the size of life, a very beautiful figure, the countenance of which is the very presentiment of that sanctity which was peculiar to that most saintly man, and he is presenting to Christ the Marquis Francesco, who is kneeling at his feet, portrayed from life, and a long coat, pleated and worked with a curly pattern, according to the fashion of those times, and embroidered with white crosses, perchance, because he may have been at that time captain of the Venetians. And in front of the Marquis is a portrait, with hands clasped, of his eldest son, who was then a very beautiful boy, and afterwards became Duke Ferrarigo. On the other side is painted a Saint Bernardino, equal in excellence to the figure of Saint Francis, and likewise presenting to Christ the brother of the Marquis, Cardinal Sigismondo Gonzaga, a very beautiful kneeling figure robed in the habit of a cardinal, with the rocher, which is also a portrait for life, and in front of that cardinal is a portrait of Signora Leonora, the daughter of the same Marquis, who was then a girl and afterwards became Duchess of Urbino. This whole work is held by the most excellent painters to be a marvellous thing. The same master painted a picture of Saint Sebastian, which was afterwards placed in the Madonna della Grazie, without the city of Mantua, and to this he devoted extraordinary pains, copying many things in it from the life. It is related that the Marquis, going one day while Francesco was executing this picture to see him at work, as he used often to do, said to him, Francesco, you must take some fine figure as your model in painting this saint. To which Francesco answered, I am using as my model a porter with a very handsome figure, whom I bind in a fashion of my own in order to make the work natural. But the limbs of the saint of yours, rejoined the Marquis, are not true to life, for they have not the appearance of being strained by force or by that fear which one would expect in a man bound and shot with arrows. And by your leave I will undertake to show you what you ought to do in order to make this figure perfect. Nay, but I beg you to do it, my lord, said Francesco, and the Marquis added, When you have your porter bound here, send for me, and I will show you what you must do. The next day, therefore, when Francesco had the porter bound in the manner that he wished, he sent a secret summons to the Marquis, but without knowing what he intended to do, and the Marquis, bursting out of a neighboring room in great fury with a loaded crossbow in his hand, rushed towards the porter, crying out at the top of his voice, "'Traitor, prepare to die! At last I have caught thee as I would have thee!' and other such words, which, hearing the wretched porter, thinking himself as good as dead, struggled in a frenzy of terror with the ropes wherewith he was bound, and made frantic efforts to break them, thus truly representing one about to be shot with arrows, and revealing fear in his face and the horror of death in his strained and distorted limbs as he sought to escape from his peril. This done, the Marquis said to Francesco, "'There he is in the state that he ought to be. The rest is for you to do,' which the painter, having well considered, made his figure as perfect as could be imagined." Francesco painted in the Gonzaga Palace, besides many others, the election of the first lords of Mantua, with the jousts that were held on the Piazza di Saint Piero, which is seen there in perspective. When the Grand Turk sent one of his men with a most beautiful dog, a bow, and a quiver as presents for the Marquis, the latter caused the dog, the Turk who had brought it, and the other things to be painted in the same Gonzaga Palace, 
and this done wishing to see whether the painted dog were truly lifelike he had one of his own dogs of a breed very hostile to the turkish dog brought to the place where the other one stood on a pedestal painted in the imitation of stone the living dog then arriving there had no sooner seen the painted one than precisely as if it had been a living animal and the very one for whom he had a mortal hatred he broke loose from his keeper and rushed at it with such vehemence in order to bite it that he struck his head full against the wall and dashed it all to pieces another story is told by persons who were present at the scene of a little picture by the hand of francesco little more than two span in height and belonging to his nephew benedetto baroni in which is a madonna painted in oils from the breast upwards and almost life-size and lower down in the corner of the picture the child seen from the shoulders up with one arm uplifted and in the act of caressing his mother it is related i say that when the emperor was master of verona don alfonso of castile and alarcon a very famous captain happened to be in that city on behalf of his majesty and the catholic king and that these lords being in the house of the veronese count lodovico da sesso said that they had a great desire to see that picture whereupon it was sent for and one evening they were standing contemplating it in a good light and admiring its masterly workmanship when signora caterina the wife of the count entered into the room where those noblemen were together with one of her sons who had on his wrist one of those green birds called in verona terrazzani because they make their nests on the ground which learn to perch on the wrist like hawks it happened then that while she stood with the others contemplating the picture the bird seeing the extended arm and wrist of the painted child flew to perch upon it but not having been able to find a hold on the surface of the painting and having therefore fallen to the ground it twice returned to settle on the wrist of that painted child precisely as if it had been one of those living children who were always holding it on their wrists at which those noblemen being amazed offered to pay a great price to benedetto for the picture if only he would give it to them but it was not possible by any means to wrest it from him not long afterwards the same persons planned to have it stolen from him on the day of the festival of st biagio in st nazaro but the owner was informed of this and their design did not succeed for st paolo in verona francesco painted a panel picture in goach which is very beautiful and another also most beautiful for the chapel of the bandian st bernardino in mantua he executed for verona a picture with two most lovely nudes of the madonna in the sky with a child in her arms and some angels all marvellous figures which is in the chapel where saint biagio is buried in the blackfriars church of saint nazaro francesco was a man of saintly life and the enemy of every vice insomuch that he would never on any account paint licentious works although he was very often entreated to do so by the marquis and equal to him in goodness were his brothers as will be related in the proper place finally being old and suffering in the bladder francesco with the leave of the marquis and by the advice of the physicians went with his wife and many servants to the baths of caldero and the territory of verona to take the waters there one day after he had drunk the water he allowed himself to be overcome by drowsiness and slept a little being indulged in this by his wife out of compassion whereupon a violent fever having come upon him in the consequence of his sleeping which is a deadly thing for one who has just taken that water he finished the course of his life on the second day of july fifteen nineteen which having been reported to the marquis he straightway sent orders by a courier that the body of francesco should be brought to mantua this was done although it gave a little pleasure to the people of verona and he was laid to rest with great honour in the burial place of the compagnia segreta and saint francesco at mantua 
francesco lived to the age of sixty-four and the portrait of him which belongs to messer fermo was executed when he was fifty many compositions were written in his praise and he was mourned by all who knew him as a virtuous and saintly man which he was he had for wife madonna francesca Gioacchini of verona but he had no children the eldest of his three brothers was called monsignore and he being a person of culture and learning received offices with good salaries in mantua from the marquis on account of that nobleman's love of francesco he lived at the age of eighty and loved children who keep the family of the monsignori alive in mantua another brother of francesco had the name of giolamo when in the world and of fra cherubino among the frati zoccolanti di san francesco and he was a very beautiful calligrapher and illuminator the third who was a friar of st dominic and observantine and was called fra girolamo chose out of humility to become a lay brother he was not only a man of good and holy life but also a passing good painter as may be seen in the covenant of st domenico in mantua where besides other works he executed a most beautiful last supper in the refectory with the passion of christ which remained unfinished on account of his death the same friar painted the beautiful last supper that is in the refectory of the very rich abbey which the monks of saint benedict possess in the territory of mantua and saint domenico he painted the altar of the rosary and in the convent of saint anastasia in verona he painted in fresco the madonna saint remigio the bishop and saint anastasia with the madonna saint dominic and saint thomas aquinas all executed with mastery on a little arch over the second door of entrance in the second cloister fra girolamo was a person of great simplicity wholly indifferent to the things of the world he lived in the country at a farm belonging to his convent in order to avoid all noise and disturbance and the money sent to him in return for his works which he used for buying colours and such like things he kept in a box without a cover hung from the ceiling in the middle of his chamber so that all who wished could take them and in order not to have the trouble of thinking every day what he was to eat he used to cook a pot of beans every monday to last him the whole work when the plague came to mantua and the sick were abandoned by all as happens in such cases fra girolamo with no other motive but the purest love would never desert the poor plague-stricken monks and even tended them all day long with his own hands and thus careless of his life for the love of god he became infected with that malady and died at the age of sixty to the great grief of all who knew him but to return to francesco monsignori he painted a life-size portrait which i forgot to mention above of count ercole giusti of verona in a robe of cloth of gold such as he was wont to wear and this is a very beautiful likeness as may be seen in the house of his son count giusto domenico morone who was born at verona about the year fourteen thirty learned the art of painting from some masters who were disciples of stefano and from works by the same stefano by jacopo bellini by pisano and by others which he saw and copied say nothing of the many pictures that he executed after the manner of those times which are now in monasteries and private houses i begin by recording that he painted in girascuro with terreta verde the facade of a house belonging to the city of verona on the square called the piazza dei signori and in this may be seen many ornamental friezes and scenes from ancient history with a very beautiful arrangement of figures and costumes of bygone days but the best work to be seen by the hand of this master is the leading christ to the cross with a multitude of figures and horses which is in saint bernardino on the wall above the chapel of the monte di pieta for which liberale painted the picture of the deposition with the weeping angels 
the same domenico received a commission to paint the chapel that is next to that one both within and without at great expense and with a lavish use of gold from the chevalier messer nicolo de medici who was considered to be the richest man of his day in verona and who spent great sums of money on other pious works being a man who was inclined to this by nature this gentleman after he had built many monasteries and churches and had left scarcely any place in that city where he had not executed some noble and costly work to the honour of god chose as his burial place the chapel mentioned above for the ornamentation of which he availed himself of domenico at that time more famous than any other painter in that city the barale being in siena domenico then painted in the interior of this chapel the miracles of saint antony of padua to whom it is dedicated and portrayed the chevalier in an old man with shaven face and white hair without any cap and wearing a long gown of cloth of gold such as chevaliers used to wear in those times all this for a work in fresco is very well designed and executed then in certain medallions in the outer vaulting which is all overlaid with gold he painted the four evangelists and on the pilasters both within and without he executed figures of saints among which are saint elizabeth of the third order of saint francis saint helen and saint catherine which are very beautiful figures and much extolled for the draughtsmanship colouring and grace this work then can bear witness to the talent of domenico and to the magnificent liberality of that chevalier domenico died very old and was buried in st bernardino wherein are the works by his hand described above leaving his son francesco morone heir to his property and his talents this francesco who learned the first principles of art from his father afterwards exerted himself in such a manner that in a short time he became a much better master than his father had been as the works that he executed in emulation of those of his father clearly demonstrate below his father's work on the altar of the monte and the aforesaid church of saint bernardino francesco painted in oils the folding doors that enclosed the altarpiece of liberale on the inner side of which he depicted in one the virgin and in the other saint john the evangelist both life-size figures with great beauty in the faces which are weeping in the draperies in every other part in the same chapel at the foot of the face of that wall which serves as head wall to the trameso he painted the miracle that our lord performed with the five loaves and two fishes which satisfied the multitude and in this are many beautiful figures and many portraits from life but most of all is praise given to a saint john the evangelist who is very slender and has his back partly turned towards the spectator he then executed in the same place beside the altarpiece and the vacant spaces on the wall against which it rests a saint louis bishop and friar of st francis and another figure with some heads in foreshortening and a sunk medallion on the vaulting all these works are much extolled by the painters of verona and for the altar of the cross on which are so many painted pictures between that chapel and the chapel of the medici in the same church he executed a picture which is in the centre above all others containing christ on the cross the madonna and st john and very beautiful and another picture which is above that of corotto on the left-hand side of the same altar he painted our lord washing the feet of the apostles who are seen in various attitudes in which work so men say this painter made a portrait of himself in the figure of one who was serving christ by bringing water for the chapel of the amili in the duomo francesco executed a saint james and a saint john one on either side of christ who was bearing his cross and the beauty and excellence of these two figures leave nothing to be desired the same master executed many works in lonico in an abbey of monks of monte oliveto whither great multitudes flock together to adore a figure of the madonna which performs many miracles in that place afterwards francesco being very much the friend and as it were the brother of girolamo dai libri the painter and illuminator 
they undertook to paint and accompany the organ doors of saint maria in organo a church of monks of monte oliveto and one of these on the outer side francesco painted a saint benedict clothed in white and saint john the evangelist and on the inner side the prophets daniel and isaiah with two little angels in the air and a ground all full of very beautiful landscapes and then he executed the great altarpiece of the altar of the muleta painting therein a saint peter and a saint john which are little more than one buracchio in height but wrought so well and with such diligence that they have the appearance of miniatures the carvings of this work were executed by fra giovanni da verona a master of tarsia and carving in the same place on the wall of the choir francesco painted two scenes in fresco one of our lord riding on an ass into jerusalem and the other of his prayer in the garden wherein on one side is the armed multitude coming to take him guided by judas but more beautiful than all the rest is the vaulted sacristy which is all painted by the same master excepting only the saint antony being scourged by demons which is said to be by the hand of his father domenico in this sacristy then besides the christ and some little angels that are seen in foreshortening on the vaulting he painted in the lunettes two in each niche and robed in their pontifical vestments the various popes who have been exalted to the pontificate from the order of saint benedict round the sacristy below the lunettes of the vaulting has drawn a frieze four feet high and divided into compartments whereon are painted in the monastic habit various emperors kings dukes and other princes who have abandoned the states and principalities that they ruled and have become monks in these figures francesco made portraits from life of many of the monks who had their habitation or a temporary abode in that monastery the while that he was working there and among them are portraits of many novices and other monks of every kind which are heads of great beauty and executed with much diligence in truth by reason of these ornaments that was then the most beautiful sacristy that there was in all italy since in addition to the beauty of the room which is of considerable size and well proportioned and the pictures described above which are also very beautiful there is at the foot of the walls a range of panelled seats adorned with fine perspective views so well executed in tarsian carving that there is no work to be seen of those times and perchance even of our own that is much better for fra giovanni da verona who executed this work was most excellent in that art as was said in the life of raffaello da urbino and as is demonstrated not only by his many other works in the houses of his order but also by those that are in the papal palace at rome in monte oliveto di Giurusuri, and the territory of siena and in other places but those of this sacristy are the best of all the works that fra giovanni ever executed for the reason that it may be said that in them he surpassed himself by as much as he excelled in the rest every other master among other things fra giovanni carved for this place a candelabrum more than fourteen feet in height to hold the paschal candle all made of walnut wood and wrought with such extraordinary patience that i do not believe that there is a better work of the same kind to be seen but to return to francesco he painted for the same church the panel piece which is in the chapel of the counts giusti in which he depicted the madonna with saint augustine and saint martin in pontifical robes and in the cloister he executed a deposition from the cross which the maries and other saints works in frescoes which are much extolled in verona in the church of the vittoria he painted the chapel of the fumanelli which is below the wall that supports the choir which was built by the chevalier messer niccolo de medici and a madonna in fresco in the cloister and afterwards he painted a portrait from life of messer antonio fumanelli a physician very famous for the works written by him in connection with his profession 
He painted in fresco also on a house, which is seen on the left hand as one crosses the Ponte delle Navi on the way to St. Paolo, a Madonna with many saints, which is held to be a very beautiful work, both in design and in coloring, and on the house of the Sparvieri in the Bra, opposite to the garden of the friars of St. Fermo, he painted another like it. Francesco painted a number of other works, of which there is no need to make mention, since the best have been described. Let it suffice to say that he gave grace, unity, and good design to his pictures, with a coloring as vivid and pleasing as that of any other painter. Francesco lived fifty-five years, and died on May 16, 1529. He chose to be carried to his tomb in the habit of a friar of St. Francis, and he was buried in St. Domenico beside his father. He was so good a man, so religious, and so exemplary, that there was never heard to issue from his mouth any word that was otherwise than seemly. A disciple of Francesco, and much more able than his master, was the Veronese Paolo Cavasuola, who executed many works in Verona. I say in Verona because it is not known that he ever worked in any other place. In St. Nazaro, a seat of Blackfriars at Verona, he painted many works in fresco, near those of his master Francesco. But these were all thrown to the ground when the church was rebuilt by the pious munificence of the Reverend Father Don Mauro Lonici, a nobleman of Verona and abbot of that monastery. On the old house of the Fumanelli and the Via del Paradiso, Paolo painted likewise in fresco the Sibyl showing to Augustus our Lord in the heavens and the arms of his mother, which work is beautiful enough for one of the first that he executed. On the outer side of the chapel of the Fontani in St. Maria in Organo, he painted also in fresco two angels, namely St. Michael and St. Raphael. In the street into which there opens the chapel of the angel Raphael and St. Euphemia, over a window that gives light to a recess in the staircase of that chapel, he painted the angel Raphael and with him Tobias, whom he guided on his journey, which was a very beautiful little work. And in St. Bernardino, in a round picture over the door where there is the bell, he painted a St. Bernardino in fresco, and in another round picture on the same wall, but lower down and above the entrance to a confessional, is St. Francis, which is beautiful and well executed, is also the St. Bernardino. These are all the works that Paolo is known to have painted in fresco. As for his works in oil, he painted a picture of St. Rocco for the altar of the Santificazione in the church of the Madonna della Scala, in emulation of the St. Sebastian, which Il Moro painted for the other side of the same place, which St. Rocco is a very beautiful figure. But the best pictures that this painter ever executed are in St. Bernardino, where all the large pictures that are on the altar of the cross around the principal altarpiece are by his hand, excepting that with the Christ crucified, the Madonna, and St. John, which is above all the others, and is by the hand of his master Francesco. Beside it in the upper part are two large pictures by the hand of Paolo, in one of which is Christ being scourged at the column, and in the other his coronation, painted with many figures somewhat more than life-size. And the principal picture, which is lower down in the first range, he painted a deposition from the cross, with the Madonna, the Magdalene, St. John, Nicodemus, and Joseph, and he made a portrait of himself so good that it has the appearance of life, and one of these figures, a young man with a red beard, who is near the tree of the cross, with a coif on his head, such as it was in the custom to wear at that time. On the right-hand side is a picture by Paolo of our Lord in the garden, with the three disciples near him, and on the left-hand side is another of Christ, with a cross on his shoulder, being led to Mont Calvary. The excellence of these works, which stand out strongly in comparison with those by the hand of his master, that are in the same place, will always give Paolo a place among the best craftsmen. 
on the base he painted some saints from the breast upwards which were all portraits from life the first figure wearing the habit of saint francis and representing a bieto is a portrait of fra girolamo recalci a noble veronese the figure beside the first painted to represent saint bonaventura is the portrait of fra bonaventura recalci brother of the aforesaid fra girolamo and the head of st joseph is the portrait of a steward of the marchesi malspini who had been charged at that time by the company of the cross to see to the execution of this work all these heads are very beautiful for the same church paolo painted the altarpiece of the chapel of st francesco in which work the last that he executed he surpassed himself there are in it six figures larger than life one being st elizabeth of the third order of st francis who has a most beautiful figure with a smiling air and a gracious countenance and with her lap full of roses and she seems to be rejoicing at the sight of the bread that she great lady as she was had been carrying to the poor turned by a miracle of god into roses in token that her humble charity in thus ministering to the poor with her own hands was acceptable to god this figure is a portrait of a widowed lady of the Sacchi family. Among the other figures are St. Bonaventura the Cardinal and St. Louis the Bishop, both friars of St. Francis. Near these are St. Louis, King of France, St. Eleazar in a gray habit, and St. Ivo in the habit of a priest. Then there is the Madonna on a cloud above them all, with St. Francis and other figures round her. But it is said that these are not by the hand of Paolo, but by that of a friend who helped him execute the picture, and it is evident, indeed, that these figures are not equal in excellence to those beneath. And in this picture is a portrait from life of Madonna Caterina de Sacchi, who gave the commission for the work. Now Paolo, having set his heart on becoming great and famous, made to this end such immoderate exertions that he fell ill and died at the early age of thirty-one, at the very moment that he was beginning to give proofs of what might be expected from him at a riper age it is certain that paolo if fortune had not crossed him at the height of his activity would without a doubt have attained to the highest best and greatest honours that could be desired by a painter his loss therefore grieved not only by his friends but all men of talent and every one who knew him and all the more because he had been a young man of excellent character untainted by a single vice he was buried in saint paolo after making himself immortal by the beautiful works that he left behind him End of section four.